Hello and welcome to Funny Business, the best podcast on the internet. I'm Lockie Bradford. And I'm Robbie Hicks. On today's episode, we have Jesse and Jack, the lads behind Colour Playing, doing good things. And I, we said it actually in the, in the episode, so I'm going to say it again in the intro, is we love seeing young young people do good things and have a crack and get out there and make shit happen. And I feel like if you are interested in making anything happen, this, this episode is for you. It's all for the go-getters out there. Just actually bring your notepad, bring your pen, bring all that good stuff, whatever. What do you use now to take notes? It's just AI in my brain. Just, just AI plug it in, in. Brain. Chip, chip it in. Just put your Neuralink in and no dramas. But honestly, really good episode. We love these boys and I feel like you're going to love it too. You're going to do a good intro this yeah, I'll do, I'll do I'll my do best. Lads, <laughs> thank you so much for jumping on, chatting today from on the Funny Business Podcast. Like I said, the best podcast in the world. I can't say that with other fellow podcasters on the call. So for those at home listening, tell us who are you and what do you do? We've got uh, Jack and Jesse here. Um, we are the Colour Plan Business. We run a podcast. We sell blank clothing, colourful clothing as Jack's wearing. I'm in black. I'm, I'm a bit of a downer. but Just the memo. Yeah. <laughs> forgot about this obviously quite quite obviously but um yeah it's what we do we retail we wholesale clothing um and that's that's about it yeah well put yeah i like that well uh, take us back how did you both meet yeah so uh jess and i have a pretty cool um history i guess um we so we've gone to two of the same schools growing up so we we went to one school um high school that is and then i moved schools halfway through and and Jesse ended up following me actually one year later. So we have a very similar, I guess, um, backgrounds in terms of like friendship groups, uh, perspectives and, and upbringing. So I think that's uh, why, you know, we have been such good friends. Couldn't live without him, fellas. <laughs> yeah. How often do you guys catch up? Is it, I'm sure it's like uh, Rob and I, we're just texting, calling. We try and give ourselves like a Sunday maybe if we don't have to message but sometimes we're just like if we're excited about something or yeah, every now and again yeah. a message slips through and then there's both it's like stop what you're doing with your family right now and respond <laughs> to this but sometimes it comes back the other way where Locke leaves me hanging or i leave him hanging and he's i'm like all right fair enough he's just he's telling me he's <laughs> fucked in his own way <laughs> we boys count of the bag we actually live together so there's, there's no dull moments between us we're rubbing shoulders 24 7 yeah um, Sleeping in the same bed, top and tail. Oh, yeah, most, most times. <laughs> when, when we have to get close and make big decisions, absolutely. What uh, about getting out of each other's space? So if you live together, do you do anything separately? I know you like running and shit, Jess. You just love it. Yeah, I just love it. No, um, yeah, we, we try. Uh, I think, you know, it helps that Jack um, is in a relationship so he can, you know, move around and um, see a significant other where for myself, uh, I'm a bit of a cowboy in the paddock. Um, so it's... Bit of a wild, wild west out there, but um, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you go to the movies? Do you do you, are you third wheel? And we had a housemate, me and Tiles. Um, we used to we used to like try and go on date nights and that. And he was always just like, "Can I come?" We was like, "Yeah." yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tiles was just like by the end, like this is fucking. Annoying. Hey man, I just want to go with you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a bit like that. I think sometimes Jack's um, partners asking himself the question like i think because i'm there so often you know it's just, you're actually dating man yeah is it, is it, you know does one come into two you know it's like as this Australian cricket team say so you're gonna push your ones into twos i think we had throuples on hot or not last week yeah we? yeah yeah i think it's like modern stuff so i don't know just maybe they're just throwing it out there just throwing it out hey, there, but what about running a business together living together it, it is like i can imagine one it would be like there's lots of benefits because you would just be like work 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 you can jam it on things does it really do you think it's helped get it off the ground the way it has 
Hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's been massive, especially early days, as you guys would know. There's um there's so much work that goes into it. You're pushing shit uphill and having that, I guess, face to face contact and just being able to have a conversation kind of any time of the day as as stuff comes up is is pretty valuable. Uh, on the other side of that, it obviously has its you know problems and and difficulties, I suppose, with spending so much time together. Um, so yeah, it's it's definitely been a work in progress, like something that Jess and I have had to work out like anything else, but we've seemed to find a pretty good balance and, and uh, mid midpoint. One of the things we love here in Funny Business is seeing young, young dudes have a crack and, and, and do cool shit. And I feel like you both have got such interesting backgrounds doing different things already at such a young age. Can you go into, I don't care who goes first, but take us back into a bit of like, what were you doing before Color Plane started? Yeah, shit. Um very quite different you know i think for me i was i've always loved fashion i mean from the age of the tender age of 13 i was living in up shops um and yeah just buying nike jackets selling them catching the train to flinders street station to meet up with randoms and sell them jackets for double what i paid and i think that's just where i fell in love with um yeah like understanding fashion and the fact that you can make money from something you love um and that's where it all started for me and then yeah, went to uni. I did a degree in business and law and racked up a $61,000 hex debt that I'm still paying off. But um, yeah, I guess that was a good thing potentially. I'm not too sure. Time will tell, but did that. And then I started a clothing brand called Push Pull Shop when I was 20. Um, and that's still running around today. I, I sold out of my share in that business last year or the year before. I can't quite remember. Everything's been moving so fast. But yeah, that's a, that was a really successful business. And yeah, absolute hoot of a time um really proud of what the boys have achieved there and what we did we, we took a dream into a reality not to get too um too sort of uh fagazi or uh yogi on it but we really did we um you know from our basements our garages the campbell market is where we started and we really uh from where the brand is today it's quite a um surreal thing to think about what do you think resonated with people with that i'm sure like starting things selling shit like the feeling of like oh this is this has got some legs here uh it's culty they're looking at yeah, it. Like, yeah, yeah, looking like, at it now like the amount of people like lining up like dying to do what you're doing to know that that was like you said dreams come reality i'm sure when you're fucking doing the mind mapping and talking about what you wanted to be you'd be like how sick would it be if this was the case and then it's like well fuck now that, that this is the case yeah yeah i mean the question is like what was the question sorry luck what Oh, just about like traction, you know, like you mentioned you were, you're into fashion, you're swapping, you're meeting people and stuff, and then to turn it into something like this, it must have been a a, a real thing to give you confidence in in whatever you want to do. It's certainly given me confidence in colour playing, uh, and that's where the, the idea originated from in terms of getting so entrenched in the industry and realising that blank clothing and especially at a high quality and was just something that wasn't seen. And there's so many young people starting brands today and, they're sadly having to print on things that they wouldn't wear themselves. And Jack and I came together at that point and said, this has got to change. We've got to provide a, a garment, essentially a blank canvas, if you will, like a white canvas that an artist wants to paint on is essentially what we provide. And we're making sure they're, they're bloody good. And, um, you know, people can really be proud of what they're printing on and selling to their audience. And Jack, your pathway to date, mate, you know. He's just- a baller, mate. He's a baller. <laughs> He's shooting him from three. No, we I didn't. Co- I didn't we got out for a coffee yesterday at the time of recording this and me and Locke had a couple of shots and I, 
We, we fucking filmed all our misses. It's but- embarrassing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's embarrassing. We're Should have stuck around. <laughs> I'm a good. I'm a good defensive player. I just steal. <laughs> <laughs> it's not true. It's not true. I'll get away. Jack, take us back, mate. Tell us about a bit about your journey. Um, yeah, so I suppose sport and basketball, more specifically, was a very big part of my life growing up. Uh, took up a lot of my time and, and energy, and it's it's what I loved and had the opportunity to go over to the US after high school and play college basketball over there for four years and study um, and do a degree in business accounting. Uh, so that was that was like a dream come true for me, something I was always aspiring to do um, throughout high school. So yeah, got to live in the States for four years, which was pretty amazing. Um, I credit, I suppose, a lot of um, a lot of who I am today, like for those experiences that I had over there. And I think I wouldn't be, you know, where I am without having done that at such an early early age and had to really grow up and uh, mature a lot over there. So, um, and I think also to the business, like that's where, you know, my passion for business and fashion probably uh, started was in the States, like seeing the the fashion over there and especially within sport, it's pretty prevalent. Definitely basketball paves the way for a lot of it. So, so yeah, coming back um, after the degree, I, I knew basketball, I wasn't too sure if I wanted to continue it. And I kind of made the call to, to move into the business world and started up um, a company called Blank Earth, which was a similar concept to what we're doing right now. Kind of dipped my toes in with wholesale garments and we were Melbourne made. So a little, little bit different to, to color plan and, and where we've ended up. But yeah, so that was, um, that was kind of my journey. I feel like we've got, we've got a bunch of people in our network, both people we've grown up with who have gone across and sort of had the the college experience over in the States for different sports. You see people who play AFL go across as punters and, and people have, I've got friends who have been in golf and tennis and all sorts of stuff. Like what about the experience of, I feel like it's nothing really the standard here of going to some of the programs that they actually have. Like I feel from like a development path, like a basketball or whatever, or footy in, in this sense down here, it was like, quarter cannons and tack cup and whatever. And that's like, you think it's professional and you see with the, the degree to what that is, is the intermediate step before like what the actual pros is. Can you get into a bit of like what was like being involved in a program like that? Yeah, it was, it was full on. Like you, you had to love it. And it did, it did feel like you're in a professional environment. Um, it, it changes, you know, uh, from program to program, but the program I was involved with was very much that way, the way it was run and, yeah, I suppose that the, the amazing thing about the the program over there is just how much they love sport, and then because of that, the amount of resources they pour into it. So, you know, we we had no reason not to be the best possible athlete we could be um, on the court, and and so that's something that they do, you know, extremely well. Which it's sad that we we don't really have a pathway like that in Australia. You know, after high school, it kind of dies out; it just goes more to club based university sport. You know, isn't really a thing. So. Uh, definitely something that they do incredible over there that would be great to see here here in Oz. Hey, all right, we'll, we'll fast forward. You come back. You both done your thing. You you come together and you said let's let's make it happen. Tell us early days. How did the idea shape? How did it come into rea- reality? And what did you do first? Yeah, I think Jack and I have been speaking for a while. As we're you know super close mates about what what this might look like, what business together would look like, and. Um, I think we complement each other really well. Often we refer to ourselves as a bit of a yin and yang combination. I think Jack, as you can tell, he's very measured. And from what he went through in America, living on his own for four years at a young age, he's, he's grown up really fast and he's, he's a great leader. He's a great people's person. 
Um, not to say I'm the opposite, but I think. Um, <laughs> no, I reckon we just say some nice things. No, no, no. I got a few. I had to shut you down quickly. Like, every day, huh? I had to shut you down very quickly. Like, I saw, I saw your lids about to move there on a little joke. Um, yeah, no, for me, I, I think I'm, uh, you know, quite creative in my own ways, and uh, I have a lot of ideas. I, I think that's probably my strength. Uh, yeah, often I'm just coming up with so many ideas that Jack thinks that I'm just coming up with ideas and never putting them into fruition. So my notes app is about 10 kilometers long. You know, your thumbs get sore after scrolling on it. But um, anyway, that's... What's um, the worst idea you've had, you reckon? What's some of the bad ones that you've had? Oh, I've had <laughs> that's a good question. I've had so many bad ideas. Um, I mean, just yesterday, <laughs> this is a real classic. It's it's good because it's timely. Um, I have bad ideas every day. But so we... This kid asked if he would get 50 hoodies off us for $5 cheaper from the price. So he's like, well, $40 is a little expensive per hoodie. Can I have them for $35 each? And I said, you know what? I'm going to ask our our audience. I'm going to put this on our story and I'm going to do a poll vote. And if people vote, you can, um, that that's like, that, am I? I think you're saying like if people voted yes, then it means that we can we'll do them for free like if enough if more people vote yes than no we'll give them all to you for free or if more people vote no then it's full price yeah that's right i, I gotta be confused there and he was like all right let's run it like i'll pay full price if, if people think i should and i put it up there. i was pretty confident i'm like yeah i think people want you to pay full price i think this kid got about 500 of his mates on there voting and uh the kid got 50 free hoodies out of us so he I, fucking stooged you yeah, yeah. he got me well he got me good so meanwhile robbie i'm on the financials uh as jesse's put this up on the story it's like trying to run a fucking business and uh now we got you know two thousand dollars going out the door so yes, put that down as a loss sir yeah. marketing expenses marketing expenses. marketing expenses um yeah so I have a lot of ideas, some better than others, but there's a lot of them. I think, no, I think it's the to, sorry. I was gonna say that that's a good um analogy for like the way I guess the way me and Jess work together. Like we we are um probably Jesse, like we as you said, we complement each other very well. And like I would never probably, you know, have those uh ideas like that that pop into Jesse's head and, and so it's good that Jesse like can capitalize on the attention of people and I suppose I'm more in the background, like how do we um, set that up and what does that look like in like a business sense? I think I was going to say one of the things we know 100% with startups is like you've got to try shit all the time. You know what I mean? And like using a basketball analogy, if you don't shoot your shot, we were shooting them yesterday, not getting them in no anywhere fear. near it. No fear, but no fear. Yeah, we're just letting it fly. And, you know, I think that these ones, it's, it comes down to a strike rate. You get traction, you try things like we're the same have done it now with especially with the funny business pod like we've done 700 and something episodes we've tried like long episodes short episodes guests live different types of copy when we had the uh the first uh person in the cannabis industry i just named everything you could call cannabis on linkedin and thought it would be a good idea and, and no one in suits wanted to like that no it's like, like, just dumb shit gunja mary jane weed yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, like, <laughs> it's like just chill out <laughs> you know yeah, but i feel like it. it's like it's a trust thing you know you guys have built that over for, for a long time of friendship living together or whatever that mm. you you're not always going to win some but at least you're in it together mm. absolutely absolutely and i think nothing's ever as good or as bad as it seems and i probably struggle with that you know i gotta preach that a bit more within myself but I get pretty high on the high sometimes and kind of low on the lows, but I I think with Jack, he's quite the opposite. You know, if we have a, a huge win, I'm, you know, fist pumping and Jack's the same. And if we have a huge low, I'm down the dumps thinking we're, we're about to liquidate and Jack's still the same. So it's good to have, you know, him in my corner. And I, I think we're rubbing off on each other really well 
think Jack has a lot of, you know, creative ideas that he might not otherwise. And I think I'm maturing mentally a lot in the last year or so. So yeah, I'd say it's quite reciprocated our, our relationship. In saying that, like it wasn't something that we jumped at just so people like out there are clear as well. And we get a lot of young startups, kids come to us like, how do I start a brand? I want to start it with three of my mates. Um, and we, we actually tell them that it's best to start something by yourself um, to learn firstly what your strengths and weaknesses are before you jump into bed with someone else, you know, not really seeing what they're like in a, in a business environment. Um, so, and, and Jess and I kind of did that, you know, before coming to business together, hence why we, we were very clear on what each other's, you know, we're bringing to, to color plane. And, and so that's, that's been a big, uh, a big help, I think for us. I feel like for us, yeah, it's like, I know for a fact I couldn't do this without him, you know, and I feel like I think he might think the same way if he's feeling nice. You know, <laughs> the same thing. But you know what I mean? It's like I know that like what he what he can do, I can't do that and like it's fucking amazing and it's easy to talk him up because it's not me, you know? Well, I think it's the benefit of like we talk to people who are sort of do, do startups or are running things by themselves. I feel like it's really lonely and it, it is hard like living together i'm sure like putting out fires every day when something happens or people are flooding the dms with whatever like there's always shit to do and if you were take i feel like taking on all those responsibilities it's like we felt like we really craved having a team reg i don't know if you guys are the same i, de- I think definitely jack and i are very big people's persons and I, yeah at the end of the day yeah, I think when you're really young and you're first starting off, we definitely advise to go out on your own and wear the 10 different hats, the legal, the accounting, the marketing, go wear all the hats and go, fuck, I hate certain parts of it and God, I love other parts of it. And from there, you're in a great spot to to meet your business partner because you're going to have those really transparent conversations on your strengths and weaknesses. But if you go in not knowing, I think, yeah, it's a bit of a recipe for disaster, I think, because when... When the whips get cracking and that they certainly get cracking if you're trying to make it on your own or you know as a small business i think 80 percent of small businesses fail so odds are stacked right against you um i learned that in my degree that i've had sixty thousand dollars for so go figure but yeah one of those I, I always thought like what do you in my mind i'm always like do i spend you know 80 percent of my time on my strengths and 20 percent of the time on my week like do i need to iron out some curves or do i go deep on what i'm already think i'm good at you know i'm like constantly having that like wrestle in my mind i feel like i'm i'm pushing and i'm pulling uh, yeah. you like that one yeah. well, i think is what, what are your weaknesses what are you that's straight- what i'm trying to think i'm trying to think <laughs> like, accounting okay uh, accounting okay. Uh, what about just but don't you reckon just- like spending time on your strengths and that like digging deep on like discovering all right i'm good at this is it down the rabbit hole is it like i'm going to be the best at this for both of you guys yeah i, I suppose um there's like a progression like when you start out when we first started we were probably both um you know wearing kind of all the hats together just to feel out the business what it looks like what what is what is social media what is you know the back end of the business and and then as you progress you know we kind of realize all right like jess is way better at that than i am and i'm way better at this than jess is or that's not worth his time or this is my strength and so we've we've slowly you know i guess probably if we started like this we've slowly you know, moved off into our separate sections of the business, which I think has been been really healthy. And yeah. Yeah. And we've hired around that too. So Jack and I would probably have a team now of one person each that we work really closely with, probably even now more so than each other. Because mm. um, I'm more the social side and Jack's more the back end and finances. So yeah, it's um it's working really well. Um and Jack, 
yeah, super organized. And as I said, I think it just, we just rub off on each other so well. I see the way Jack presents himself, the way he works on the back end. And I'm like, shit, I need to make sure that the way I'm doing things on a social side is, is scheduled and orderly. Um, else he'll overlook it and be like, he'll question it. Like, well, what are you doing here? What's going on there? And that'll kind of keep me in check. And then I think with Jack, sometimes, you know, I can push the envelope a little bit and kind of get him out of his comfort zone and ask questions that are annoying, you know, like, why don't we get that person to pay the invoice tomorrow? You know, and he's like, fuck, I don't know, you know, that's going to bug him. And I'm like, fuck it, like, let's do it. You know, and so I think that's the way we rub off on each other. Hmm. I just seen some content of, of, of your trip. Uh, for yeah. those who have, might, have, oh. might not have seen it yet, can you tell us about what, what was the trip all about? How was it? Uh, photos looked epic. Some of the content, I was like, the lads, oh. the lads are having a good time. You know, they're out there, they're enjoying life, and I'd love to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ralph. Yeah, it was a bit of that. No, it was, it was a great trip. We we went over to, to China and, and Vietnam. Um, so, yeah, so big, we, we make clothes and, and we make them overseas, um, Vietnam currently, and we we were heading to China to explore some more manufacturers and factories over there um, through some connections that we had. So yeah, I suppose you know for us like that's that's like the the foundation of our business is like the relationships that we have with um, you know our supply chain over there. So um, yeah, really just trying to invest in those relationships more and more and and uh, and and build that trust there with so many people putting trust in us. You go out for some sick dinners and stuff like that. You eat some good food. <laughs> We actually did, mate. Yeah, yeah. The Lazy Susans in China, they spin around and you get your your rice. I'm a shocker, I'm a shocker on the chopsticks. It's it's a massive red flag. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I improved throughout the trip, but still got a long way to go. Jack, of course, you know, just banging away all sorts of food with the choppies. Um, but yeah. Better things are invented, bro. Forks. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, there's a fork now, just stab it. You know, you don't have to do too much. There's no art to it. That's you know the, what I mean? That's the it's like people who still drive manual. You know what I mean? I, I want to feel the car. <laughs> just, bro, just drive. That's coming from a fact that how, how old were you when you got your license? 28 because I needed an ID to go out. <laughs> <laughs> like, All credibilities just yeah. off the table after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, we did. We ate really well. Um, it was it was an awesome trip. We got really well looked after from the people there and really great cultures. Vietnam was our second time there in the last year. So we're building some great rapport there. And China was... um. It was wild. We went to two very different places. One, the, I think the place I liked most was Ningbo and the second place was Guangzhou. Guangzhou, yeah. Yeah, always butcher that. But um, yeah, that was that was pretty industrial and cutthroat, I would say. How'd you go? Do either of you speak other languages? How'd you go with translation? I feel like working with manufacturers in other countries and like, let's go through, I feel like it's sick that it's, it's ballsy as go out there. I feel like, like you said, your relationships with people, you want to go meet meet them and understand who they are, what they do, so they can give you a chance. And uh, can you go into some of maybe like managing stuff across cultures? Uh, yeah. I mean, thankfully, they all speak pretty good English, Rob. <laughs> We're the ones that uh, don't really come to the table with much. Um, so, yeah, like for us, it was probably uh, hello, goodbye, thank you. That's, that's probably the extent <laughs> the extent that, uh, that we could offer. Um, but, no, thankfully, they all speak pretty good English and, um, especially like the, I suppose we, we deal with a lot of like the sales teams over there. So a lot of them, uh, obviously deal with Western, uh, countries, um, with all the, with exporting. So, so yeah, I guess one of the prerequisites is kind of speaking English. Um, otherwise it probably makes it tough. So yeah, luckily it's not too much of a barrier, but saying that, like if we didn't have, if we didn't know people going over there or like have the relationships and connections that we do, 
traveling China would have been a fucking nightmare. Like it was, it is not tourist friendly um, at all. Yeah, so we were lucky. But um, if you're doing it, you know, going in raw, it, it would be yeah difficult. <laughs> oh, I like that. So you need the recommendations. Don't go in raw. Did you ever? Don't, <laughs> don't go in raw. Oh. Someone has always, yeah, always yeah, raw. Don't go in have, raw. Have you ever seen um uh, an idiot abroad, Carl Pilkington? Oh, I reckon I have. I think I have oh my that. god, boys! You need to suss that out. It's an old docu series, Ricky Gervais and Steve Merchant. Um, crazy shit. But he goes to China. That's his first episode, and he's just sitting on the bus. He's like, everything's just fucking great, isn't it? We don't really need high, high, de- high definition and all that sort of stuff. But it's a good. I'm not selling it that well now, but it's really good. I'll put in the show notes. All right. I, and, anyway, let's, let's chat about doing pods. Uh, let's talk about um your pod. How, like how I know we've we're chatting off air about this, but like. Putting out content, building that catalogue of stuff going on there, the things that you learn and the people that you're meeting. Uh, I, I guess we're in the same boat of we we see how valuable it is to do podcasting when it's about community and and relationships and people. Can you get into a bit about what your pod's about and, and how people can find it and all that sort of good stuff? Definitely, definitely. Um, so we're called The Colour Plane Podcast um, and we're in our studio right now. Uh, and, yeah, what we do, guys, is we sit down – predominantly with clothing brand owners um, and anyone really in the fashion industry. And we, we chop it up and see, you know, how, how they've built what they've built. Um, not too dissimilar to what you guys do in terms of breaking down tips and tricks that can be utilized for um, different brand owners. Uh, we think, uh, you know, with my background at Push Pull, I, I realized there's so many little tips and tricks, uh, in the, especially with social media um and you know just the way you you operate a, a clothing business in this modern age so we, we yeah we, we don't really hold back we, we kind of talk about everything um we, we disclose <clears throat> most of our sales figures things like that um we really want to show people like how how they can achieve things if they really you know put everything into it i guess mm. yeah I, I suppose like a big thing for us at color plan is there's two things we're trying to do and that's remove the barriers in terms of quality garments that are on offer for people um, as well as quality information. So we feel like there's a lot of gate-kept secrets in the fashion industry, uh, a lot of running into walls head first, and a lot of those walls, you know, often often break you. So if we can, um, you know, provide some uh, insight from our learnings, from our journey so far, and if that can help others, if they can help others, and that's, um, you know, awesome for us. Yeah, I, I think the best DM Jack and I receive is, you know, every week we'll get a, a new young, typically young person that will reach out and be like, you know, this podcast has helped me you know, take the steps of starting a clothing brand. So that's massive. Yeah, we like to think it's a bit of a playbook or manual on really how to start a brand. I fucking love that. I feel that like that with with our episodes. It's like even subconsciously, it's like you're learning. Like going to school, I'm like, yeah, I'm learning stuff. But it's like we're asking specific questions on what we actually want to know right now. It's like fucking nuts. And, you know, we keep doing it and doing it and doing it. It's like, if people just listen to this, like we're fucking doing it, it's like we can learn so much. I feel like my mind's just blown, being blown. And the same like for what you guys are doing. Like no no doubt people are taking stuff from it. It must be pretty rewarding getting those DMs come in and be like now that one that might be people that's going to use what you do in the future or help them get set up, but also now a bunch of people that are looking to you as the guidance or looking to you as the source of truth of what good looks like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I I think – you know, rubbing shoulders with some of Australia's uh, biggest brands is, is, and, you know, ones that we really sort of, you know, revere and, and love. It, it's it's great to have them on and, um, 
yeah, I think tapping into their audiences and just, yeah, cross collaborating and sending pro- like really positive messages is massive for us. You know, I think as Jack put it, there's definitely a barrier to quality information and, um, you know, sometimes we do sit down and ask pretty tough questions. Like we love, one of our favorites is we ask the revenue of like any given month to businesses and that always throws a spanner in. I, I think there's a bit of a tall poppy thing there in Australia too. I think there's a, how do I put this? I think companies like to sound smaller than what they are because if they, if they go, oh, we turn over a million dollars a month, then they no longer look like a small business, you know, within society. So especially, you know, on social media, it's very hard to gauge how many garments any brand sells. You know, you really won't know. Um, so I like to see where brands are at. And, you know, we've had some really interesting uh, conversations. Mm. Oh, it's like when you see people with the fake bots and stuff and you're like, how many people actually really in the, how many active people in the community, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, social media is a lot of funny analytics and people can buy followers and do all those types of things. So sometimes it's hard to know, like, what a brand really turns over. And the reason we ask the question to make clear is we know we have a very young audience of people that are just dipping their toes in and are really unsure of the future within a clothing brand. So it's it's important that we ask people that have been operating for 5, 10, 20 years, what does it actually look like? You know, if you put in 10 years of hard work, can you turn over a million dollars? And, you know, as we all know here, hopefully money's definitely not everything and it, not even close. Like, you could be happy with turning over, you know, the money to turn the lights on. You probably would be happier if you're in that spot, but it's more just to really gauge what the hard work leads into, if that makes sense. hundred percent. What about putting yourself out there personally, like um, putting your thoughts out there, sharing what you actually think about shit. Was there any hesitations or was it kind of natural and, and easy for you guys? I think, uh, hmm. It was definitely like, we were definitely going back and forth for a while, whether we should do a podcast. Um, it didn't come, you know, oh, like, sweet, yeah, let's just do a podcast and, and roll with it. Um, I know me personally, I probably keep things uh, a bit more private than Jesse and I like to keep things separated. Uh, so m- maybe in myself, there was a little bit of pushback, but I think, you know, I mean, me and Jess have chats with people as we do on the podcast. We were having these chats for, you know, years together. Um, we just weren't filming them. So it didn't feel much different to what we were already doing, if that makes sense. Um, and then, yeah, well, I, you know, when, when we looked at all the positives that can come out of it, like inspiring people or sharing uh, our failures to help others uh, and our journey and different things like that, it just made so much sense that we would do it. Um, and, you know, those fears, I guess, of, you know, us opening ourselves up um, was, you know, overtaken by the, the value and the good that we can bring. I feel like you both have a really good answer to the this question is like what brands do you like or what, what are ones are you thinking are doing things really well at the moment in terms of like activating their audiences? I'm sure you keep up to date with ones that you take inspiration from and that like if people are listening and they want to go and check some brands out other than what you guys are doing, what are you into at the moment? Yeah, I would say go on Instagram and just go on Coldplay and leave it at that. No. Um, <laughs> No, no, no. It's it's a funny question. It's like, it's very similar to, you know, what music do you like? It's it's just like, it's so broad. Um, you know, something I love, you guys might despise or the audience might despise. But, you know, to give you the what brands that I like from, I, I, I really look at brands from a marketing perspective because, you know, that's sort of what I do. And, you know, I guess there's a brand in London that have really taken over the streetwear industry called Cortez, C-R-T-Z on Instagram. Um, you'll find them under that and their marketing is just 
unbelievably great every single day. Um, so I would definitely recommend them. Um, in terms of like closer to home, um, you know, we've had a lot of them on the podcast, mm. your street axes, your murder, your Merchant Merchers, your Mutter McCoes, um, are all awesome brands. Mm. Observe Gallery do a great job. Uh, there's so many. Uh, I'll be you know, undoubtedly leaving some out. Um, what brands you've been loving, Joe? Hmm. Earl, um, Earl's collection. Yeah, Earl's. Yeah, love Earl's. Yeah, similar ones to Jess. I think the UK at the moment's been a big um, source of inspiration for us. We're definitely looking at a few brands in particular over there. There's a brand called Seventh Store, uh, which their aesthetic is on point. Uh, Cole Buxton's another one. So yeah, there's, there's definitely a few over there. I think where we're kind of looking at the moment yeah yeah there's so many like yeah how, how long do you guys want this podcast to go for <laughs> no I was, I was just gonna ask you what makes good marketing what you just mentioned aesthetics are there any other tips that you could give i think like being having like a finger on the pulse with the culture knowing like how people feel and typically that's actually through things like dming your customers not just about a sale but about like how they're going and what they're into and even better running a physical event like a pop-up store and meeting them you know and seeing what people are wearing like it's you never want to i think jeff staple once said it's like the moment you are like unaware of what people are doing in in the community and you're trying to sell clothing like you, you you're done i think he catches the he's a new york designer he catches the subway like once a month just to make sure like why people wearing those shoes or that bag you need to really take it all in i like that tell you one of the brands that you you bring up all the time and if you if you guys have seen them as liquid death yeah you know, like the canned water brand like we use that as an example of like people who are like really they're just it's just water you know what i mean but their marketing so out there the way that they communicate like way they push the boundary on it's the wonder in wonder bread you know it's the fucking what? It's just, it's magic. You know what I mean? Because they, they, it's a feeling that they hook you into. Hey, it's like, oh, this is fucking interesting. It's not just another one adding to the noise. There's so much just boring shit out there. I think if you're just like agitating and trying to find like a pain point and just mm-hmm. make it interesting, that's where the magic is at. That's the wonder. Yeah. It's the wonder. Yeah. Hey, well, what about some of the stuff? What, what are you, what are you reading? What are you watching? What are you into at the moment? Any recommendations? Yeah, this is another huge question. Um, I think, in terms of reading, I'm a big fan of picking up like a, a lot of different books and reading chaotically like halfway to each point and then picking up another one. And like I'm very scattered with the way I read, but far out the books, and I've even more so lately because I've been traveling, I've been picking up a shitload of books. Um, my favorite author is Haraki Mirakami. I don't know if you guys are aware of the great man. He's an old Japanese author. Um, is that The Courage to Be Disliked? Uh, it's not. That's another. No. I, I have that on Audible at the moment. That's that's that is a good book. I'm I'm halfway through <laughs> that as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do go halfway. Um, but that I believe is another Japanese author. But Mirakami is like a novelist, like a lot of fiction stories. Um, he's he's very funny and quirky. Um, so I highly recommend him. In terms of books, J- Jack and I are massive readers. We're um mm. we have a bookshelf that takes up about half our living room. Um, yeah, we we just think. I think we speak a lot about this, but in terms of like learning, you know, you're, you're at a really, not to get again too yogi, but like you're in a quiet space. It's a great way to into like to consume information. Whereas like on TikTok <clears> or something, there's like music blaring and like, you know, it's just, I feel like you're not as settled to take in that information. I also think you can, you can go too far down. Like I think I've probably been a culprit of this. I, I used to think, you know, the more books I read, um, 
you know, the wiser I'll be and the more information I'll have and the better, you know, the business will go. But at the end of the day, action is is everything. So if you're reading 10 books, you know, a month or whatever it is, and you're not acting on anything that you're actually taking in, then like, why the fuck are you doing it? So mm-hmm. I, I think I've had that realization the last couple of years and just focused on like, you know, one or two or three books um, to yeah. have like some really good principles and just stick to those and then put action on them and, and see see if, if it works. And yeah. Jack will reread a lot of his favorite books. It's something I've picked up that he does, which is great. Um, oh. you know, when there's absolute, especially like, you know, things like self-help, I, I agree with Jack. If you, I've fallen into the, you know, not, I wouldn't call it the trap. Every self-help <clears> book has its nice, you know, little twist. But then you start to realize like all these books are really pushing very similar messages, more or less. And some of them really resonate with you. And I think it's important to pick those out that do. Um, I've read so many self-help books that I couldn't tell you anything about the book. Like, you know, how to win friends and influence me. I was like, I couldn't tell you one of those fucking steps that he told you, but if I reread it, perhaps I could, but yeah. Uh, uh, speaking of self-help, my, probably my favorite author at the moment in that space is Michael Singer. I think really fucking incredible. So that's probably a good place to conclude the, uh, readings. I, I really recommend him. I'm going to throw one as well. Anthony DeMello, um, pretty, pretty amazing author as well. Oh, I love how, that. How much time you guys spend reading? I feel like this is something that like... Putting yourself in a space, environment is everything. And I reckon if you're surrounded by books and like you're saying, if you're highlighting shit that you're constantly going back to, I feel the same way with some certain books and the way they're even structured, like the school of life, great thinkers and shit. It's just like philosophy, bite-sized philosophy through over the, the years and years. And it's just easy to consume. I don't know. I like that type of stuff. Like going back and like, you're right, TikTok can just suck you down some rabbit hole, get your attention, but it's like, I feel like it's like owning vinyl, like books. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I, I want to, I want to take in it. Yeah, I, I'm the same as you, Jack. I went hard as for. I reckon it was maybe like 2017. I was just info beast. I was just like listen to everything. I was listening to everything via Audible. And I wanted to know like 1.5 speed. I was like, just fill my brain up with everything I can fucking take in. And I was like, I remember working. I'd be going my like I'd walk to the train. I'd be listening. I'm on my lunch break. I'm listening. At work pumping these things like. It got to the point I was like, am I going to die? Like, <laughs> I think it is. It's like you have to get to the point now where you action. And I realized that a lot of my consumption that I was originally doing of what I would do, I'm learning through action, feedback, relationships, learning, like on the job learning. And I'm a bit the same as you, Jess, had the, got the big fuck off hex debt, realized done all the, the, at least you got a degree. I've still got the hex debt without the, the debt degree. Without piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Degree, you know I mean? That's all right. I do. You've got to play. I feel like now, like yeah. I'm sure that you've got a lot of the same things coming out to the people you talk talk to on your part is like you the really you can do anything if you want to do anything and you can make it happen. Sounds like without getting too spiritual and whatever, but you, you if you really have a desire to make something happen now in the digital world, it's just about finding out and, and taking those steps to learn, grow, fuck things up, make a mistake, try something new and get out there. But it's like you can, I think a lot of the stuff in these self-help books and where it, it, it almost is a vicious cycle too where we see it almost like people monetizing mental health problems where it's like you're trying to get everyone stuck in like write this in your journal or do this. And it's like, hang on, why is no one actually asking people, like, what does it actually make you, what is it that makes you happy? What is the shit that you want to do in life? What do you, what do you actually like? What are you interested in? What do you, and, but that's, it's like the first step of like getting there. I don't know. Have you guys see any of that stuff? It's a really interesting point. Yeah, I think um, yeah, it's, it's it's a funny it's a funny space. I think yeah, I, I resonate with that a lot, Rob. By like coming back from um 
from college, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And, you know, I guess I'm looking at COVID as a bit of a blessing in this sense that it probably just gave me a whole bunch of time. And I just, I knew that by prioritizing that time to figure out and look internally and whatever, what, what makes me happy, what do I want to do, what am I passionate about? Like doing that before you go and just jump into something head first is so, so valuable. Um, Cause I think so many people today, you know, just uh, they have that job opportunity come up or it sounds you know, like this nice cushy um, job or opportunity arises and maybe you're working with a mate and you jump at it and then 20 years later you wake up and you're like, fuck, like, I, 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 you know, I'm, I'm living someone else's life or something like that. So um, I definitely think taking time uh, to look inside and figure out, you know, who you are and, and, and what you want to do is the first step anyone should take before they start a business or jump into a career or anything like that. Hey, question we ask all our guests is a bit of a mental health question. What do you both do when you're looking to get some energy back in your life? I mean, Locke, I think you touched on it at the beginning. I, I do like to run and move. Um, I think that's a big one um, in terms of like the physical body stuff. Uh, in terms of the mental stuff, I think just spend time with family and friends. I'm a massive sort of social person. So, yeah, I think my batteries are recharged when I'm spending time with the people I love and that I know love me. So, that, yeah, keep it simple for myself. You're not doing like a couple of Ks though, are we? We're talking when you're running. Shirts off only, huh? And it's not like, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. hey, we'll go for like a 12-minute run. Or a yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like four hours later and you're coming back. Have you been running that whole time? <laughs> it's a bit like that, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I think, um, uh, yeah, I, I really love pushing my body. I think the more I can push my body, the more I'm in a better mental state to push my mental. So it's like they go hand in hand. So, um yeah, I think I'm like a, a better person to those around me. If I can, if I can endure more out when I'm running, then you know I'll be able to put up with the customer complaints or when Jack rags on me and I have to deal with it. It's it's it's, it's worth ducks back because you know I've gone for a morning run or something like that. Well, switching off can be hard, bro, especially if you're doing the social side. I know for a fact running Instagram and all the different accounts, and especially when you got customers and shit, like taking your mind off. You're like you want to make sure you're giving the best possible service, but you feel like you're pouring from an empty cup sometimes because you're like, fuck, I've given so much. I just probably need to fucking relax a bit, eh? Or or go do something like running. You can't you can't play on your phone, you know? Mm. No, well said. Well said. Yeah. I think trying to like, you know, I think we both share that similar feeling where we're trying to be everyone's best mate in a way on social media and not just, you know, tick the box. We really want to go above and beyond and give them that experience that they're feeling great. So that can be draining if if you're not you know, fully checking in on yourself and where you're at, um, you know, that it can certainly be draining. But um, Jack, you... Similar similar to Jesse, exercise, massive, like have to, you know, kind of exercise or move the body once a day um, to feel sane. Uh, and yeah, I suppose uh, similar to Jesse, again, uh, spending time with those people I love, um, trying, trying to get off the phone, trying to get off you know, technology. Um, it's also a big one for me um so I, i'm pretty lucky jesse handles the socials i'm uh, pretty happy about that do you like do you just watch the footy on the weekends and just chill out and do all that type of stuff as well yeah like I, we're pretty into our sport like i i think to be honest with you you know jack come from the big basketball background i played a lot of football growing up <clears> i i almost see it as like i love sport to sort of uh to switch off to a degree but i also think people are like so reliant like on their happiness is entrenched in sport you know it's like oh, my team's playing this weekend and, you know, if they lose, then I'm down the dumps. If they win, I'm having the best. It's like I don't 
really like put myself in those positions. Like I, I go for Geelong. I went to the grand final last year. Like I, I enjoy it, but I've also taken a step back from being like fanatical or anything like that. Um, you know, which, yeah, it's been a pretty conscious choice. And Jack's probably even doubled down on that more. Like I think Jack watches a shitload less sport than I do. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, I've kind of switched off. I think just, I think I haven't been in it, you know, so much for so, for so long. Uh, yeah. Uh, and loving what we're doing at the moment. And that's kind of entrenching, um, you know, everything. And that that's my world. So yeah, the sport's very much an afterthought at uh, this stage. I feel like uh, that's something that uh, definitely you've experienced. I remember when I, I playing footy straight out of school, being on Richmond's list and then getting a couple of years, then trying to stay in the system and playing wherever, thinking what was going on. And uh, I just sort of fell out, out of love of sport and I had that whole like, what, the, what do I like again? I was working, I d- had a pretty bad knee injury back in what, 2015 or something yeah, like that. We were living together, he was ringing the bell every two seconds. I, can I you just have a, my wife, she's now my now wife, we only just got together, just moved in together, I could barely wipe my ass like, for like three months. I was in the shower <laughs> with a fucking seat and that and I remember like I didn't watch any footy on TV for probably like six years, I just... I couldn't be bothered. And now I, I can see, like, I like sport. I like following the NBA. I like following the NFL. I like sports headlines. I understand how the sports media and that works. I like, I don't mind every now and again as, like, a switch off thing for me. And you're the same. Your weekend is, like, I life's so hard with what we're doing. Yeah, that's something I can just watch and not think about. It. It's like a cold shower, I suppose, where it's just like, fuck, like, this is just, I'm entrenched in this. But I'm not like, I go for Brisbane, but I'm the same. I've I put the face paint away a long time ago, but you I still, still like watching them. He still know? gives them up when Charlie kicks a goal. Yeah, but I feel like, there's, yeah, I don't know. You you like footy more than you tell people, I reckon, nowadays. You now, watch a few more games and you're like, you're secretly watching it. I'm just know. itching for a comeback. You know, I just, He's been saying it for years, It's been a 10-year comeback. What is the comeback, though? Is it oh, footy, running, no cricket? Comeback. What is it? It's not cricket, for sure. No, definitely not cricket. But I, I don't know. I think sports are sports. <laughs> not basketball, no, not after yesterday. <laughs> I saw you guys reality. shooting yesterday. <laughs> don't, no, don't, a massive but, reality check. He thought he had good form, though. He's like, hey, I moved all right. I just couldn't shoot. <laughs> I didn't mind that. Yeah. Uh, yeah what about, like, what about, we're still halfway through the year. What's what's next for both of you? What are you excited about for the rest of the year? That's a lot, man. Um, I suppose, what are you excited about? I suppose, like, the business, it's been just madness the first six months, you know, um, in a startup. And, and we finally got to the stage where, we can take a step back and we're not so much working in the business. You know, it feels like we haven't had a breath the last six months. Like it's just been so much going on. So now we can take a step back and look at things uh, a bit more uh, from a bird's eye view and maybe, you know, where we're going in the next six months, what are some of those goals that we want to hit? Um, so it's been, it's been refreshing, I think, since coming back from the trip and, you know, back end's a bit more set up and, and we know where we're going. So uh, yeah, cool to just, I guess, look, look ahead. Um, and and plan for where we could be yeah in terms of some tangible stuff we have a, a showroom in thornbury we're working on at the moment fitting that out so that'll be a cool physical space for people to come through um yes yeah, so we're super excited about that um what else our website's now up and running we've got a wholesale portal there which has like a live inventory table of everything we have so that took uh you know too long to build but it is there now so we're proud of that mm. um other things coming probably do a pop-up store in the next six months so that that'll as i said you know practicing what i preach not just giving the advice i think getting out into the community meeting people it's a big part of what we do so that'll come and um i think sorry please you know i think something else we're really excited about is uh just like opening up i guess our product offering as well we've um to start we've kept things pretty slim uh with you know the resources that we've had and 
uh, trying to not take too many risks early days. So now, you know, going to China was a big part of that. Um, we feel like we're in a position now to really uh, up our inventory and our offering and and uh, really service the market um, a lot better and, and our customers. So we're pretty excited about that. I'm fucking pumped, boys. This was so <laughs> sick. It was so good to finally get you get you on. I know we've caught up a few times, but to put it on a podcast and hear the story, I think uh, our audience is going to froth it. It was awesome, guys. That was, it was bloody great. And we love, like, in all seriousness, like being in this game, I think we've done 60 episodes. So when you said 700 million or whatever you've done, it's it's pretty. A lot of respect. Oh, so much respect. It's incredible what you guys are doing and, um, and, and the events you guys put on. That's, I guess, your pop up and in that way that, you know, you're out there in the community meeting people. Mm. So I really uh, align with what you guys do and I'm a big fan of it. Well, mate, we'll have you on more often. You keep saying nice yeah, things. Yeah. So thanks so much. <laughs> and uh, click that out and just hear that. Every day. Beautiful. Hey, I honestly feel like, one, they both are extremely fit. It didn't come out in the theme, but we, the you marathon the running. You're commenting on people's appearances. You like that, don't you? No, it's not even appearances. just like they understated that he said he goes running, but he yeah. goes on like the – they do the ultra marathon and chat with Jack when we went for coffee. and stuff. There's like 64Ks or something like that. That's not just to go on for a jog. Mm. I teased you when we were running up the stairs at the train. I was like, you got a bit of bounce up those stairs because – I don't know if there was much bounce. No, there was. I was bouncing for only for a minute though, so I can't last long. <laughs> <laughs> hey, some, that's a summary of your life, isn't oh. it? Hey, if you're new to the Funny Business Podcast, we drop pods all the time, four times a week. Guest episodes, hot and on episodes. We go live on LinkedIn every Tuesday. News comes out Wednesday, and we'll be back again with you. More pods all the time. See you later. Goodbye.